Welcome back to another installment on Sportsfly Conduct. I'm your host, Aaron Gemmel. Back and back. Woohoo! Welcome back. Thank you. Glad oh. to be back. Hope you're feeling better. Definitely, yes. And Mitch is back because Sean is sick. Wow. <laughs> Y'all gotta start staying healthy. I mean, I mean, I mean, look, I love being here with you guys talking sports, but you're also killing me with these illnesses. My goodness. <laughs> so before we before we start out, got a big announcement here. Um, this is gonna be my last show. I this will be this is actually probably my last day here at CM Life Sports. I took a took a job at CMU Athletics, so this will be my last one. It it seems so so quick. Um, you know, I was plan I you know didn't plan on it being so quick to leave, but um, moving on, I uh, have you know great opportunity and you know just. Thanking, thanking you, Megan, and Sean, of course, who's not here. You guys are absolutely awesome to do this with. Um, and Mitch, of course, you know, you brought me on. And, I, and then you came in for the last last couple. So that's always uh, awesome to uh, awesome to end on. So Tell them your role before you forget. What's your role going to be with the athletic department? My, my role with the athletic department is going to be um, hopefully doing hopefully doing color um Color play by play, uh, with a lot of lot of different sports that that my feet in, um, uh, you know, into, into the world of wrestling and gymnastics. So I'm excited for that. Um, hopefully, hopefully, maybe doing some basketball, men's or women's. Uh, hopefully, because I know that that's that that role is pretty locked down, especially because the season's already underway. Um, so I'm hopefully, hopefully, maybe get some exposure with that. Get some exposure with. Um, running like live cameras, all that kind of stuff in, in the arenas and stuff like that. So I'm excited for that. And I'm also, I'm, I'm very, I'm very sad to go. I very, I really am. But enough of that, enough of that sad stuff. Megan, you're back. You got, we got some hockeys to talk about. We got some hockeys to talk about here. Um, if I can, I can't talk today, which is, which is fantastic. So it's been a little bit since we've done your corner. Yes, it has. You have the floor. Thank you. The first thing I want to start off with is Jack Eichel is in Vegas now. Finally I, got away from Buffalo. Yes, I saw that. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's definitely Megan's thing now. I was, I'm very excited for him. And he got his surgery, and it went successful. Vegas let him do the one he wanted. So it should be, I think he should be back by at least the end of the season. I'm not really sure on the recovery time. But Vegas is hyped for him. They've already had him crank their horn there at the Fortress, as they call it, to hype them up for the game. And I think they're ready for him to play. So it's going to be interesting, as of course the Red Wings beat Vegas a couple couple days ago. That yeah. was that was nice. Red Wings have been doing okay. As you got your Red Wings shirt <laughs> out here in the studio with us. Yeah, it's good. To, I, it's good to see our rookies stepping up and making big plays and scoring the big goals. I mean, Lucas Raymond and Cider uh, are I think leading with rookies and points or goals, and Larkin's stepping up to a little bit. He took some time off. He had some personal issues to deal with. But uh, he came back and he scored. He scored a few goals. Got the OT winner the other night for us, which is always good. But I think it's finally starting to come together a little bit. We're getting getting our feet wet and getting that confidence builder. Yeah, it's only the middle of November, but yeah, we still have a long. We got a we got a long ways yeah. to go to see how good this Wings team actually is. But yeah, they definitely have been stepping up. Um, what are your team? What are the biggest um, disappointments that you've seen so far throughout the entire league so far? Seattle, I think, is the biggest one. Really? <laughs> I 
Yeah, they're not doing as good as I thought they would. I mean, I had low hopes, but I wasn't expecting them to be that bad. Now your hopes are even lower? Yeah. <laughs> I just I just don't know what's going on there. I, uh, I, I, I do have a chime in, though. For Seattle, it could be worse. It could be Arizona right now. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona's only got, like, one win. Yeah, and the thing is, though, with Seattle, like, yeah, I, th- I think we both agree, like, the expectations were low coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at that roster, it's like, who's that go-to guy? Is it Jordan Eberle, who hasn't really been the go-to guy since, like, the 2010 World Juniors <laughs> or whatever? Like, right. Like, their roster is going to need to take some time, but they got some solid foundation. Yeah. And so who's exceeded your expectations at this point? Florida Panthers. They're just there. Yeah, like... <laughs> like, we- I expected them to kind of fall a little bit and, like, kind of lose their... Uh, streak or their win streak or whatever and I mean they've done pretty good and they're just like they're like no one expects them because everyone thinks Florida teams they think Tampa Bay Lightning you know because they've been dominating the league but like they haven't been doing that great either no but the Florida Panthers are proving themselves for now let's yeah. just see how long they can last no honestly kind of Florida too I, I was I was honestly expecting this last season out of them mm-hmm. so ever since Quimble arrival he's gone now for obvious good reasons um you know, the talent they have, like, you have to think at some point that glass thing had to be punctured. Like, mm-hmm. they just have way too much talent to do to finish the bottom of this basement, the bottom of the NHL. But Florida right now, I can agree, probably surprised it's going this well. Yeah, I thought for sure after they lost Quenville that they would lose. And, I mean, we played them right after they let them go. So I was like, oh, okay, so maybe the Wings will get a win and that'll, like, shake them up. But, nope, they still managed to beat us. Granted, that was a good game. I think it went into overtime, but... uh Got a good the Red Wings got a good uh got a good uh, game they got Vegas again coming up for the last time this year, which is you know, I still think that Western and Eastern Conference should play a little bit more against each other. Uh it's kinda like kind of kinda like the NBA too, throw that like, you know, kind of that logic. East and east and west. Um I do have to ask one question for Megan that would help with this corner. Um why how in the hell are the New York Islanders last place in the Metro right now? I don't know what is up with them, honestly. They're just—they they have so much good under the radar talent. They added Shara and Parise in the off season. It's a team that pushed Eastern Conference Finals last year. Like, I mean, is this just a slow start, or just what is going on in Long Island? I think it's just a slow start. I hope they'll get something going because I mean, I mean, they have Chara, which is a good add-on to their team. But I think they might be relying on that a little too much as Chara for them, and. They just need to get something going. I don't know what it is. Because they have so much good underrated talent, like a Brock Nelson, um, Anders Lee, uh, Matthew Barzell, Ilya Sorokin, Simeon Barmarmov, yeah. Adam Pell. Like, I'm forgetting one of the really good defensemen they locked up, too. Like, nothing about this team really makes yeah. you think superstar, but... But it's good enough, too, where they shouldn't be doing as bad as they are. Exactly. Like, this team is just so... So well built, first line through fourth line in every direction that it should be doing better. But and look how they did last year too. Last two years. Last two years, yeah. Ever since this Tavares left, this team's found more success in Toronto. At least, at least the Islanders won a playoff series. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Toronto can't seem to do that. Yeah, so my Blackhawks are. Eh, they're in there. They have a nice. Uh, You're a Blackhawks fan. Yes. Why? Yeah. Bob Robert. That's why. Brought him up last week on the show. I know you did. Yeah, yeah. so that's why. <laughs> the 24 trade from Ch- for Chelly for Probe. So, 
So, uh, so Megan, one more thing here. So, if you're looking right now, do the do you honestly think that the Wings can act, actually snap the you know the playoffs? You know, not you know they can snap not getting you know the five years, just five mm-hmm. six years, just like uh, we we're so used to twenty five years. Of, you know, getting to the playoffs. Do you think we can get back in there? Start a new, uh, hopefully, start a new streak. <laughs> uh, I think it could be close, like a lot closer than we have in the past few years. Uh, I want to say yes, just to have like that hope, but that never seems. <laughs> Again, to it's well. early though. Yeah, it's early, but people can still get hurt. We can yeah. still make, we can still make some trades. We can still. You know, I'm pick. gonna say no, but I'm gonna think that it'll be close, and it'll be maybe down to like the last few games to determine if we are. Which would definitely be a thriller. Yeah, it definitely nonetheless. Would be. That would definitely, you know, give Red Wings fans some hope from from the last couple of years, definitely, because we've been so used to, eh, okay, we're about 20, 15 games out of the playoffs. We're not going to make it, so who cares? Okay. If we're like a half a game a game in there, you better, you better believe Detroit is going to be yeah. we will be paying attention. Yeah, and I'm with Megan on this one, too. We'll figure more at the end of the year. I kind of thought, and I was talking to my best friend, too, about this, like, the Wings are going to be the team that early on in the season is going to attract guys that are going to go off to a hot start. Here we are. Here we are. How are they going to survive in January and February when you're in the heart of that schedule, middle of the year, you're losing body, and all of a sudden, like, you know, an injury, you know, an injury bug hits around. Yeah. These, these young players just get rattled. Like, mm-hmm. how they handle January and February is going to say everything about this team. My personal opinion, that's where they kind of fall off a bit. They're going to be outside the playoffs because, let's face it, that division is just a little too loaded right now. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Florida, Toronto, Tampa, Boston. The other, and they know the pipe finish fifth in that division. I think they're better than Ottawa. I think they're better than Buffalo. And based on what I've seen so far out of this team, and I kind of knew they would get down the dumps this bad. It's a requirement to see this on Montreal, too. Yeah. So, Montreal's I mean, just disappointing. Do you think they're better in Tampa Bay right, right no. now? No. 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 Not even close. No. Do you think they can catch, catch up to the Lightning at some point? It's going to take a few years. Yeah. It's just the way that Tampa team is built, just that top four defense, I like guys best in the league. Right. And obviously some of the young guys they have, guys like Braden Point, have been just huge for that team. Exactly. Interesting. They are 18 mil over cap, so that'll help you too. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Maybe just a little bit. Money. It all comes back to money. So, college football, yes. Um, interesting <coughs> week 11. That's it. On the left. Michigan goes into Happy Valley and... Wins in a very, like, it was kind of a, you know, kind of a low pace game, you know, defensive battle, say nonetheless. Um, Michigan Michigan keeps their hopes alive. 21-17 was that final. Uh, Mitch, your thoughts on Michigan going to the Happy Valley and winning that one? Michigan played their game. Low scoring, punch you in the mouth, no apologies. Get it 21-17. The defense needed stops, they made stops. Obviously, the offense, uh, you still run the ball. They were still running, but <laughs> McNamara put the ball on the ground once or twice. And just, uh, if this Michigan team can like not turn the ball over down the stretch here, uh, they'll be fine. But, you know, I think it's going to be intriguing. Um, I think the doors get blown off in, against Ohio State after what I saw this week. But, yep. I mean, in college football, anything is possible. So. Then we had Boomer Doomer. Uh, down in Baylor, they ended up they ended up going down. Uh, yeah, so Oklahoma definitely not one of the you know contenders that everyone thought that they were going to be at the beginning of the year. Um, great win for Baylor. 
terrible loss for Oklahoma as they go for as they go forward. Shout out Baylor Bears, they bounce back after rough rough loss last week, then they come back and uh Yes. At home against Oklahoma. Spart Sparty rebounded really nice. Yeah, as he should have. Sparty rebounded really nice, forty to twenty one over Maryland. Um Old Miss, twenty nine nineteen over A and M. Very nice game. That was a nice game to watch as well. I totally had A and M one in that game. Oh, you thought wrong. I did. <laughs> you thought wrong, and then everyone thought, "Oh, if Purdue, if Purdue trapped Michigan State one week, oh, they could go to Columbus and trap the Buckeyes for another week." Yeah, yeah that did not happen. If that game was in West Lafayette, I think it's a different outcome. But having to walk into the shoe like that, and then um, yeah, you're down. Um, what was it? Make sure to see right here. Forty-five to twenty-one and a half. <laughs> You're not going to win many games when you score. Mm-hmm. You're going to 45 points in the first half, which I think Florida found that out, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, Florida was in big, <laughs> big trouble against Stanford. Um, again, again, Stanford, not Stanford. Sam. S-A-M-Ford. So, so some, some of your mates are big Florida guy, all right? Stanford and Florida have played two times before, once in 1919, once in 1920. Haven't played since. Dang. So 99 years later, Florida's getting heart attacks and the school I hadn't touched in a while. So that was a fun game to watch. Just a bunch of fireworks. Yeah. As my, as, as my roommate just kept getting more and more and more angry. I mean, for, I, I mean, it was a 70-52 to 52 game. Yeah. And they were 36.5-point underdogs going into that game. Sanford led at halftime, too. Oh, I know that gave everybody, well, especially the people who bet Florida on a for sports book. They probably uh, any sports book probably gave them a heart attack. <laughs> now, 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 I'll see about halfway the second quarter. I put a small amount of money on Sanford money line because so, I plus thirteen hundred. I figured might as well. Didn't work out in the end, but I also bet the over at one hundred nine, so I went off that. So there you go. There you go. Get the get get that one. Get the small victories when you can, right? But yeah, but since we're talking college football. Um, Aaron, I gotta ask. You, uh, yes, sir. You, but you, you made friend brought brought up how you thought Kansas State had a good defense. No, they did not. <laughs> and, oh, uh, but I'm glad that I'm wrong. Yeah, and also, I'm I'm glad that I'm wrong. And also, by the way, I also mentioned that the first team to fifty points is going to win that game. And you were damn right. You were damn right on that. No, you were. And no, I'm happy. I'm very happy that I was wrong about uh, Kent State's defense. The way that Central came out and just dominated, first of all, the run game was strong as it usually is. Defense was, the defensive side of the ball was was great. I mean, they, they showed what, you know, that energy, what they brought from Western they brought it back home, and it showed. Yeah, it it showed, and now we're going bowling. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. Um, but we're not content on just getting six wins. No, we got two more to go. Yeah, but and, we need help. We honestly, need some help. Look, I I think we're gonna win both games. Yep. Um, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get the help we need. No, nor <clears throat> of course we need the help of. No, I won't say this though. It's not totally rolled out because traveling about nine ten hours to Buffalo on a midweek from for NIU after coming off that kind of win. Yes, that's not going to be that's that's a win there is a lot easier said than done. 
Yeah, but this Buffalo team's not like what we're used to seeing out of is like you know. Where the, the, well, okay, so here's the here's the weird thing about Buffalo this year. It was right after spring practices and stuff. Lance Leipold and Lance Leipold and his entire staff jump ship to Kansas, which we'll talk about here in a little bit too. <laughs> so so Mo Linguist takes over after working assistant for so many other people. And it, I got to talk to him during the Mac Media Day, and let me just say, a. I, 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 when I finished talking to him, I would do anything that man asked of me. I would run to a wall for that man. He was that kind of leader. But also he kind of mentioned, like, this coaching staff and team had to come together in less than 100 days. And they've been competitive. You know, they haven't been great. But also they're a school that, I keep mentioning this, they're a team right now in the, in the East that has nothing to lose. There's so much pressure on this NAU team right now to, like, win out. Cause, cause, because, see, they know. If you slip up against Buffalo and you got to go back home to Western, which, by the way, Tim Lester's kind of fighting for his job right now, I feel. Yeah. So, I mean, done. these last two games are easier said than done for an NIU team that's still kind of fairly young outside of Rocky yeah. Lombardi and Tyrese Ritchie. We just need Rocky Lombardi to pull Rocky Lombardi games that he pulled at Michigan State. That's all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, easier said than done, though. Oh, easier said than done. And yeah, like you said, Tim Tim Lester on the hot seat, no pun intended. Um, and definitely, definitely his job. So unfortunately, that us 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 Chippewas, we got to root for Western to help us out. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Oh God. You know, okay, but here's the here's the here's the here's the kind of ironic thing. Two years ago, we were in the tie with Western for the Mac West, right? Coming out last game? Yeah. Western lost to NIU in the last minute in Kalamazoo. Go figure. Two years later, here we are. If NIU slips up against Buffalo and they got to walk and they have to go back home and have Western coming in who's kind of fighting just to get in the bowl game at this point. Yep. I'm going to tell you right now, kids, karma has no expiration date. <laughs> right? I'm just saying, don't be surprised if, if NIU drops this game against Buffalo. Don't be surprised if, like, Western comes in and just – Pounds eleven tar out of him. Don't be surprised. I would not be surprised. So set for Central, it's control your own destiny. It's uh you got they gotta win. They have they have Ball State and then they have Eastern. Also, uh So this Eastern team is no you know, it's not like, you know, they're complete laughing stock like we're used to seeing. Like, you know, this Eastern team's actually pretty decent. Okay, first things first, uh a uh a public a, a public service announcement everybody needs to hear. Ball is not a state, but also <laughs> Kent is not a state either. Uh, yeah, but also just to point things else, you mentioned Eastern, right? Yes. Here's the fun fact about Eastern Michigan. I mean, just pull us on the mixture. I got this right really quick here. The Eastern Michigan Eagles. Hmm. And they are going bowling too. Yes, they are. So, since two thousand six to six two thousand sixteen, do you know how many games they have lost by eight points or less? I think you went over this last week. 27 now after that game last week. 27. Wow. They are competitive, but they're just, it's it's a struggle right now just to punch through that glass ceiling to, like, seal off those tight, those close wins. So, and if they're, when they're going up against a team like Central last week, I have a feeling that that's not going to be the case for Eastern. I think <laughs> it's not going to be like like those one-possession one games. No, Central's going to be in by, like, two or three possessions. Now, just remember last year how that game went. Eastern jumped up early, and then... And then, then Central And then, 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 then D-Rich's ankle had the high ankle sprain, and then Central Central turned, on the, turned it on in the second half and pounded them. Exactly. So yeah. I think so I think Central has no problem, you know, to win out. Unless, you know, something happens, you know, God forbid, knock out what every, you know, every... 
thing that we could, you know, pray on that doesn't happen. You low, know, snap, what, low, what, snap, low snap in a game-winning field goal attempt. It happens. Yeah, happens. but, um, you know, hopefully, like, no injury, no injury, stuff like that going, oh, coming, coming down the stretch, especially the, with, you know, the weather and, you know, it's snowing, and God knows if it's going to snow against <laughs> the for the Eastern game, uh, you know, at the end of November or this this upcoming week at Ball State. Who knows? Um, especially this weather now, you know, going around. Um, but as in terms of us getting the help from NIU, could it happen? So, so you're saying there's a chance? I there I think there's a big I think there's a stronger chance than people think, yeah. and it's just NIU getting or Buffalo getting that win against NIU first will make people more comfortable with you know Central beats Ball State, Northern or Buffalo beats NIU. That's going to make Chips, Chips fans up here feel very comfortable about going into the last week. Yep, and the beautiful thing about college football, just football in general, anybody can beat anybody right. on any given day. Exactly. And speaking of that, holy smokes, I mentioned about Lance Label going to Kansas. How about them Jayhawks? <laughs> Knocking off Texas in Austin. In overtime, that two-point conversion, oh my goodness. 56-55 was that final score. Wow. If you're Steve Sarkeesian, oh my goodness. You're a you're not a happy camper, but you know what? I got to tip my cat to Lightpole and the staff. Like, I'm telling That's... you, I'm telling you, Lance Lightpole will do good things in Kansas. It's going to take a lot of time to get that program turned around, but... That's a basketball school, folks. That just went in and beat Texas. It is, but also, also that that is your trademark win for the year. If you're Lance Lightball, you hang you hang your hat on that. If you're Kansas, what what down to Texas? Beat the Longhorns. Got Simple. Got Simple. Simple. And well, we talked about Central, you know, needing help and all that kind of stuff. Well, Michigan State kind of controls their own destiny. But this, for the, you know, to get to the Big Ten title game and maybe a, maybe a spot in the playoff, who knows what the committee is going to do because the committee uh, has been, in my opinion, ungood. <laughs> has been ungood in the past couple of years. They go down to Ohio State this week. This will determine pretty much everything for the Big Ten race. Uh, Michigan... Yeah, Michigan probably. I think does Michigan need State to lose, and they need to beat Ohio State for the in that last week. Is that how it has to go? Uh, MSU is a draft one between either Ohio State or Penn State. To be okay, so basically, um, and Michigan got this right. Michigan State, Michigan both have one loss in Big Ten. Ohio State's still undefeated, correct? Yes. So basically, you, undefeated you, in conference play. Yes, that's are. what I mean. Yeah, because one loss has been to Oregon. So. Yep. In order for Michigan to get in here, they got to win out, and then MSU's got to drop one in the last two. Yep. Because that'll push, that'll push, that'll push Michigan State two losses in the Big Ten, and then Ohio State, Michigan will be each down, the, each down the one loss, but Michigan has a head-to-head tiebreaker. Yep. Which, that would be something over the past 20 years that this rivalry has gone. It would be incredible. Rival. <laughs> you know, you says know, in quotations. You know, growing up, I was a diehard Michigan fan. And my grandpa is a, was born and raised in Southeast Ohio, just leads Scarlet and Gray. And I just can't do with this Michigan team anymore. After, after 2018, like, I don't care anymore. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. But. So and then Michigan State, you went out, you're in. It's basically every team, one of these three teams, you went out, you're in. If you're basically. Michigan, if you're Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State, you went out, you're in. And, it all, and they all play, and all four of them play each other at some point. Michigan, Michigan State have already played, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Michigan, Michigan's got Ohio State at the end. Yep. Michigan, Michigan's got Ohio State at the end, as always. 
State, Michigan State's got Ohio State going down this weekend. Michigan State also had they you know they have Penn State obviously you know Penn State's falling off the you know falling off the map, but still could be could be trouble. But you never know. Um, so it's definitely going to be a pretty good pretty good wrap up for the Big Ten coming up here. Pretty good wrap up. Uh, see if Sparty can pull it out after that humongous trap game in Purdue. <laughs> yeah. That was that was not good, but either way, either way, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, it, whether one of them makes the big, you know, Big Ten title game against either Purdue, Iowa, Wisconsin, probably Wisconsin at this point. We're thinking, right? Wisconsin's going to win that that division. You never know at this point. Yeah, at this point, I think, I, I, I think Wisconsin's the favorite, but yeah, Wisconsin's the favorite. We don't know Purdue, Iowa could slip in there. Yeah, you never know. Minnesota could have been a contender, but yeah, they fell out last week when they lost to Iowa. So definitely, that definitely going to be interesting coming down the stretch for college football. And Mitch, I want I want you to start your tyrant right now. <laughs> <laughs> really? So you those, tie so with the Detroit Lions. Hey, so, hey you know what? Oh, it's still better than a loss. Let me tell you that. So here's but, the thing. Um, but really? <laughs> I, honestly, look. This is when Dan Campbell come off a bye. I knew this is this is going to be a problem for Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh a wins ugly and b plays down with their opponent. That's exactly what you saw on Sunday, right? You saw a team that played ugly and did play down with their opponent. I am officially off the Mason Rudolph bandwagon for good. I don't understand. I don't exactly see what the front office and coaching staff sees in him as a quarterback. It's been since eighteen eighty nine to four years now, and every start it's been like, yeah. Well, what about Haskins right behind him? You know, honestly, I I, I want to see what he can do. Honestly, I I really do, but. I don't think anybody can answer until next year, but also... But keep in mind the conditions that they were playing in, too. Oh, that doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> oh, it was... Every, 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 single, every single inch of the turf between the hashes, essentially, is solid turf. <laughs> you get outside, yes, I agree. It's muddy, it's murky. They're in three games in seven days. Yes, I understand your point entirely. But field conditions, come on. Field... field but it's raining. It's cold. It's coming. It's the wind coming off all you know the three the three great rivers off of there in Pittsburgh. I understand that, but that is not an excuse for trying to force tight throws into non-existent windows. That is no excuse for not running the ball. Bears down Najee Harris, who is having a heyday. The second half, a lot of times, first down. We're gonna drop back and throw, and he's gonna try and fire and almost get intercepted. Whether it's whether it's not the excuse for that. No, that, no, that's my issue with this, and also, well, they didn't utilize Harris at all. They, they didn't did, run with. When they did, it was they did they ran well, and also Tim came out for Troy, pound the rock. They did. That was pretty smart. Well, here's the thing with Detroit. The whole thing is okay. Jared Goff going into the half only had about I think, and I'm not exaggerating here. I think, eleven or twelve yards passing. It was eleven. Eleven. What? Are you kidding me right now? But, that is absolutely horrific. But if you look at it, he only threw like what, eleven times, seven times. They pound the ball. It doesn't out. matter if this guy. If we traded for this guy, you know, granted, granted, we got the two first round picks and the second round pick for the Rams, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, whatever. This guy, this guy led a Rams team to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. 
and he's gone, and he's out here having eleven yards at the half against a Pittsburgh team that's been eh, okay. Their defense should have been better. I I agree. Pittsburgh's defense should have been better that game, hundred percent. But you real, but golf really throwing for eleven yards and a half? That's absolutely horrible. Well, here's the thing: he's not going to be a starter in next come next year, or maybe this year. I hope not. I hope he gets benched at some point this season. But here's the thing, and this is why Dan Campbell has hands so much as offense now. They still were right in there at halftime, weren't they? Oh yeah. yeah. Their offensive identity has been said that we're going to run down your throat. Jared Goff is not the identity of the offense. That run game is. And that run game, damn, they almost won that game. If that extra point is not missed, they win that game. They walk into Pittsburgh and get the win. It wasn't the fact that, okay, Goff had a bad game. Like you mentioned, too, weather, so what? Is it their, their, unbalanced, their unbalanced power look they had was just, it was, it was very much what NAU does. Exactly what NAU does. It's powered down your throat, and it ran is well. It, is it bad if I was rooting for the Lions to lose that game? I was rooting for them to lose just for laughs, honestly. So I mean, I was rooting for them to go zero and seventeen. Yeah, at this point, like, but they could still ha- they could still have they could still achieve history zero sixteen and one, which has never been done. I just can't believe <laughs> I just can't believe in my time here at CMU Pittsburgh has tied another game. <laughs> <laughs> which brings me to this point: Why do we still have ties for professional sports? Why is this still a thing? Seriously, whoever, and I mean whoever, creates these rules for the NFL, I just want to talk. <laughs> I just want to talk. Well, Nothing for, more than less, I just want to talk. Well, for one thing, well, hockey, there's no ties. Mm-mm. There's no ties. Either you, you play regulation, you play overtime, and then you have the shootout. Exactly. And then someone wins in the shootout. And when we yeah. get to the playoffs in hockey... You just play overtime after overtime after overtime until someone gets that puck in the net. Exactly. And it's over. But no problems with hockey. Baseball, <laughs> you play extra innings after extra innings until someone wins that game. Basketball, you keep playing overtime after overtime until somebody wins it. Football, college football, you don't tie. Exactly. No. High school football, you, you don't, don't tie. tie. So why? Regular, in the- reg- blah, blah, blah. regular season in high school, you can't tie. You can't tie in the regular season in high school after three overtimes. But still. Two my, or three overtimes, something like still, that. still, my point stands. Why in a professional sport what? is there a tie? Which is very heated. He's, he's just heated. <laughs> just go. Just go. So one thing that drives me nuts about the NFL. Like, it doesn't happen in playoffs, right? Playoffs, no, you, you play. So why is it the regular season? Seriously. Because for, all, for, for, all, for all I care, just, 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 you what? I haven't seen this for years. Bring in, bring in a system similar to college football, but start them at the fifty. Exactly. You go perfect, you get a chance to tie perfectly. Yeah. 50, you know, fifty, forty-five, forty, somewhere in there. Just do that, I've or, been saying, or just keep going. Sunday. I've I've been saying I've been saying for years for them to put in the college football rules for NFL overtime. That would first of all, fantasy wise, got to be a gold mine. <laughs> second of all, <laughs> second of all, it it will just be more. It'd be more engaging. It'd be more fun to watch. And it'd just be like, okay, okay, I'm like, okay, three minutes to go, and this game's going to end up in a tie, and okay, great, uh, and great, Pittsburgh just fumbled the ball, and this game's going to end up in a tie. No joy, no fan wants to go to a game, pay this money, or especially for, speaking, you know, for my dad's sake, he was in Pittsburgh with his friends for that game, in the rain, in the cold, all that stuff, Paid the good money just to see a freaking tie? 
Really? Yeah. I, I agree with you, Mitch. Just why? Why do we have to have a tie in the NFL? Soccer? Sure. I don't get that. I still don't get ties in soccer. Sure. Don't care. Real, you know, really, I'm not the biggest fan of soccer in the world. But in football, really? Because Roger Goodell can't, can't let the fans have nice things. No, it's, you know, like, it's all about this. So, and by the way, he's he's moving his fingers to, to show money, but how in the world are you are, are you supposed to attract fans when you were the one professional sport in the, in the, in the ring season where you tie? Yep. Makes no sense to me. It makes, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? Washington beating Tampa Bay. I call that, honestly. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, though. Here's the thing. So here's the thing people forgot about last year in the playoffs. The wild card game. Taylor Heineke held his own against Tom Brady, and they lost by eight. The only quarterback to give to give Tampa any sort of competition or pressure last year in the playoffs was Aaron Rodgers. That was it. It's Rodgers, Heineke, that everyone else got blown out of the water. That defense is still good enough, and if you jump on Tampa early, you have a chance to win. That's why, honestly, I, I, saw, the, I saw the spread in and a half. I'm like, no freaking way Tampa covers right now. Especially without A, B, or Gronk. Like, it's, this should have been, this was just a trap game. And honestly, people should have saw it coming. I don't get why. But, give a credit to Washington. Uh, Chase Young might be done for the year, which is going to kill him. He is. He tore his ACL. He's that's, done. That's a bummer. It, but, it, looked, it looked scary, no pun intended, for Terry McLaurin. Collarbone came back, though. Good for him. Very good. Keeps a little bit, like, and us Washington fans, hopes alive. But I will say this, too. Washington and probably the other, other two teams, not named the Dallas Cowgirls, are, are like, then the water in that division. But keep your eyes on the football team or whatever they or whatever they rename themselves next season. I'm, like, hoping, like, it, like, I'm hoping like, it's Red Hogs. Like, obviously Red Tails, but. Red Hogs. But I will say this. If they have one or two more good draft classes, Ron Rivera is right running a good ship there. He really is. Riverboat Ron, baby! But once they, get, once, once they get a few more weapons on offense... They slow. build that offensive line a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they have some good pieces. It just has to get a little better. I mean, next week, Washington at Carolina. Yeah, S- Sign me up for that one, though. You're not you, you can't. No, I'm just saying, for that matchup, though, Ron Rivera against Cam Newton... Oh, sign me up for that one. That's by the way, that, that one's going to be a good game. By the way, I also picked Carolina beating Arizona. Yeah, but you didn't predict the the game that Cam Newton had. Well, also, <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, because I maybe because no new candy was coming back until like what Thursday or Friday. Yeah, every premiere. But no. I mean, no, I mean, no one would, no one would predict that the uh, that the Packers would blank the Seahawks. Also, from now on. Please give that Packer defense all the credit in the world. You old KC to 13, and you should absolutely make Russ look pedestrian. Yep. The Patriots all over the Browns. You see, Belichick and Cleveland is just such a major thing I love so much. Because <laughs> I, don't, cause I don't know if you two remember. Actually, neither of you two were even a thought yet. So, um... Wow, Bill Belichick was, wow. was, was was. I know, I know the I know the history though. <laughs> but yeah, but 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 some of the, but some of the listeners may not. So here's here's the story behind that. It was about it was about it was the early mid nineties. Bill Belichick takes over as the coach as the Cleveland Browns. Fun fact also: Does anybody know who his defensive coordinator was in Cleveland? Nick Saban. Correct. Yes, sir. <laughs> so 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 this team is doing great. Ownership decides, yeah, screw Cleveland. We're moving to Baltimore. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's Cleveland Browns one for everybody who doesn't yes. know. That's Cleveland Browns one. So Belichick obviously gets terminated. Never the staff all leaves. Saban does this thing. Belichick does this thing. Cleveland gets rebelled. It's been finally turning a corner. But you know Belichick has held things a personal grudge against Cleveland. Players that are disgruntled go to Cleveland. He beats them on Cleveland. Easy enough. Belichick. Easy enough. Belichick goes to City Cleveland. And I think it's fair to say that the uh, or as Travis Kelsey said in uh, quote, uh, I think Travis Kelsey's got a swagger back. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think I think him and Mahomes got their swagger back. Um, five touchdowns over four hundred yards. For uh, what I think is Kermit the Frog, who loves ketchup. Um, <laughs> who, is the, who is a huge ketchup guy. Um, I mean, you I mean, you listen to Mahomes. He's not, he does sound like Kermit the Frog a little bit. I mean, if the guy who's voicing Kermit the Frog goes down, I think they have a good backup. <laughs> <laughs> Just like if the uh, voice of uh, Cookie Monster goes down, they have uh, uh, Matumbo to back, back that one up, too. So... Going into week 11, we have a Super Bowl 51 rematch here. New England and Atlanta for Thursday Night Football. <laughs> oh, everyone's, oh, everyone's got the memes. 28 to 3. Woo! That, yeah, well, this is, these are two completely different teams now. <laughs> so, I think New England's just going to go just stop all over this Atlanta team, especially what happened to them in, against Dallas this past week. That was just woof. This Patriots team has finally clicked. Yep. And that scares me. Yes, it does. As, as being a fan of a team in the AFC... That scares me that Belichick has a team like that with a young quarterback that's just flinging the ball around. Oh, yes. And then we have the Packers and the Vikings. Always entertaining. Especially what the uh, Vikings did. Tyler Conklin, Samuel on my two touchdowns. Love to see it. Against the Chargers. Of course, he was on my fantasy bench. Go figure. Um, Colts and Bills rematch for the, from the playoffs. I think it was last season. Yes, I think so. I think it was last yep. season. Yep, as the wild card round. As the wild card round in the exact same location. In Buffalo, so that one will be entertaining. Lions and Browns, man, this would be a great. Cleveland better be careful, man. This would be a great matchup if it was like nineteen fifty-seven. <laughs> but I tell you what, though, offensively, though, you're going to see that that kind of old style physical down your throat. Yep, on both teams. Washington and Carolina, same like we said. Carolina rolls them. Oh, I don't know about that one. That defense is so good. I don't know. <laughs> Texans and Titans. Who cares? Titans are going to win that one. Niners and Jags. Yeesh. That one's just, you know, who really, that's a who cares matchup. Dolphins and Jets, again, who cares? I will say this I will say this about Jacksonville and San Francisco though. If Niners get a win here tonight on Monday and find a way to pull back to five hundred and get healthy. If Matt Stafford looks brutal again tonight, CL's done CL's kinda dead in the water right now. And if and if you see now we see what Arizona what happens to them without Murray and D Hop against a an elite defense. True. We see what happens. I'm just saying that that NFC West is far from over in terms of being settled. Saints and Eagles could be entertaining. I will say though, Philadelphia has the better quarterback. Yes, there's no question. Yeah, there's no question on that one. Defensively, who will show up for that one? Especially what Philly did, Darius Slay. Oh my God. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, man, he used to be a lion. Wow. Go figure, right? Yes. Okay, how he's ads too. Jeez. Bengals and Raiders. Okay, we talked about this. I think last week or the week before. Bengals coming off a bye. Coming off the bye, they're going to Vegas. I think. I think Cincy pulls this one out. 
I'm thinking so too, based off based on the way that how I saw the Raiders play last week. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they will compete. There's a, there's a reason why Cincy's only one point favorite as of right now. Yeah. So. Again, that could all could change. Cow- Cowboys and the Chiefs. Take the over here, folks. Take the over. I don't care what it's at. Take the over. <laughs> and a bird battle: Cardinals and Seahawks. This if Ka- if Kevin Murray is out again, this is one Seattle claims. Yeah, and plus plus no D Hop either. If if the, if both those guys are out, like I'm sorry, Colt McCoy and that environment in Seattle in November, I don't trust that. No, and then your Steelers. <laughs> They're heading to SoFi they, on Sunday Night Football. Najee Harris better run the ball 30 times. That's all I want to say. Najee Harris better run the ball 30 times. If Ben's not healthy, I don't want to see Haskins at quarterback, not Rudolph. Rudolph has a chance to not look good. You want to see Haskins. I, want to see, I just want to, see, I want to see if he's actually the guy. The Washington garbage. I just want to see, I just want to see if he can actually do this on the level in this offense. The Washington garbage quarterback that they got rid of, of all his off-the-field strip club, all that kind of greatness that he uh, imposed. Um, and Monday night, the New York football giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Giants are going to cover him, not up seven. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Last year, Monday football they played too. First of all, this man should work for like Ben for like Ben MGM or DraftKings or something like that. Because <laughs> no, but, but here's, here's the thing. Last year, last year New York played at home against Tampa Monday night, and this is right before Tampa like clicked after that bye week, and the Giants gave them all they could handle, and Tampa won by two. Tampa won by two against the Giants in 2020. Tampa's open up. But it was also 2020. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> I will say this. Tampa's opening at 11.5 point favorite. And the Giants still have some pieces on defense that I really like. And, I mean, offensively, they're not awful. They have, I mean, Dan Jones doesn't get enough credit athletically. But. All right. Mitch, what's your segment for the week? I mean, I did kind of just rant about the entire uh, – Ties in professional sports, but I think probably off the actually the one thing I do want to talk about and what about Rodriguez is now a Detroit Tiger. So, oh, I saw that this morning. So you've said it again. Eduardo Rodriguez is now a Detroit Tiger. If you can't look up the contracts, remember let me rant about Eduardo for a second. So this dude came in the league about 2015. Solid left hand pitcher. 2019 had a really good season. Finished sixth in Cy Young voting. Five years, seventy seven million. So they got him for under twenty. A year. Now, here's, here's a beautiful thing. Like I mentioned, this guy, in the 2019, he was healthy. Uh, six and seven going. Monster season for Boston. 2020, he catches COVID and the heart condition that comes with it. He can't pinch all year. The first half of 2021, he struggled. He, it took him a while to get that groove back. But once he got that going, and he, he found a way to put up numbers like he normally can. I think he was flirting 200 strikeouts last year. I think it's like 185. He did ERA right about four, but this dude for five innings was about solid as they come in the postseason. And the beautiful thing with that five-year deal that's just out the 20 mil, guys like Scooble, Mize, and Manning are called up at a certain time because when you first draft a kid and you bring him up, you have three years of like a rookie deal, and then you have three arbitration years. So technically, they still have Mize, Scooble, Manning right now control potentially for the next six years. Interesting. So when those three guys need to get paid, that that contract of Rodriguez is going to fly off the books. It's also going to happen too when you realize you got to pay guys like Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. So by all means, yes, it may seem like a big contract, 
But in all honesty, you can get a veteran left-hander who's about to get in the prime of his career, who has postseason experience, because he was part of that boss team that won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it has such an under-the-radar signing, in my opinion. Because honestly, all he has to do is give him five innings every start of solid, just of solid pitching, have oh, yeah. an ERA south of four, and flirt with 200 strikeouts. As the lefty, good hits about 95. What are your What are your odds with uh, thinking the Tigers go uh, get Verlander back? I don't think I, I think now the signing of Rodriguez. I think it's bleak. I'm not. You obviously can't rule it out. But if you have a rotation of Manning, Scooble, Mize, Rodriguez, and Verlander, whoo, we'd be unstoppable. Pitching wise, yes, the best yeah, though. Uh, yeah. Catch up. That's what that yeah, that's what everyone thought when we had Verlander, Scherzer, uh, and that whole pitching rotation. Look how that turned out. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, now I will, I will say this: so the bullpen second half of the year was really solid. Ir whereas I think, I think only Oakland had a better bullpen, or someone had a better bullpen. Mm-hmm. Like they're right up there. Hmm. What are they'll get Cabrera, uh, Cabrera, 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 Carlos Correa? Yeah. So here's my thing with shortstop. I'm actually I said this on Twitter. I want lobby for Chris Taylor at shortstop for the Detroit Tigers. You want to talk about another under the radar guy? This dude just grinds and grinds and grinds. He fits the blue color mold of the Tigers. He can play second, third, short, first, left, center, right. Uh, sell popcorn in the stands if you need him to. He's that kind of blue collar. I'll do whatever it takes kind of guy. And he was a big part of those Dodgers teams the past few years that made the NLCSs and the, won the World Series. I mean, he, this dude had three home runs in one game in the LCS. Yep. This dude, this dude is good at the game of baseball. He's just learning around 30. Like, if some of the careers, the seekers, the stories, that sort of thing kind of fall through, you still have a really productive guy you can put in the top of the lineup or maybe in the seven hole and still give you quality baseball. This, this is from um, Michael Balco. About three hours ago on Twitter, he said one MLB insider has mentioned to me that Carlos Correa to the Tiger uh, to the Tigers is a quote unquote done deal. Ooh, <laughs> which which intrigues me now about the contract because apparently I saw Houston set the bench at like five years on like thirty million a year. It's like the benchmark because Houston still wants him too. But you know what? Honestly, if I'm if I'm a Tigers fan, I'm glad I'm we're we're buying it now. Because I know part of the, I know part of the, the know some of the fans wanted to buy last year, me included. <laughs> but coming off of COVID, it was so damn hard to gauge the market. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It was so hard to gauge the market. You really can't couldn't buy a whole lot. But the additions they did make, <clears throat> Robbie Grossman in particular, they made smart free agent pickups. Yeah, and then yeah. I think I think Eduardo's going to be a good piece for them. And if Korea is the done deal that it is, uh, so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Apparently, he did update his Twitter. He put a tiger in his bio and then quickly took it down. So he might have <laughs> sealed the deal himself. Actually, so oh. It's literally right here. I'm looking right Oh, here. yeah, you see it. So, <laughs> so she's showing me her, uh, his, uh, his Twitter, the bio that says from Santa is out of bed in Puerto Rico and it has the Puerto Rican flag emoji and a tiger emoji. Yep. And then he quickly changed it, I guess. So. Huh. There you go. <laughs> and then so the Justin Verlander experiment. Wow, it says why it makes sense and why it does not make sense. Well, yeah, there's a lot of reasons you could point there. I think you don't know what you're going to get out, boy. So I'm going off Tommy John. Uh, Terminal's going to be going all year also with Tommy John's. Yep. I mean, 
Yeah, he hasn't pitched since September of 19. So he'll be 39 once uh, spring training starts. Yeah, but, you know, if it's a one-year deal or two-year deal. And it, and Verlander insists he wants to pull a Tom Brady and be on the mound until he's 45. Cool. Well, I'd love to see it. Yeah. That'd be interesting. You know, why it, you know, why it makes sense, first of all, it, it everyone just wants him. Fans want him back. You know, fans want us to just maybe see him retire a Tiger, you know, after everything that happened. And, oh, yeah, Houston reportedly offered Correa five-year, $160 million. Can you imagine real quick? That's just north of 30. So he's only 27, and this just in as well. NFL, Ron Rivera confirms Chase Young towards ACL. Done. Um, he's only 27. He, he'll want a minimum of $250 million. Yeah, that's fair. For Carrera. So bringing Carrera and Verlander to uh, Detroit is going to be expensive, considering who uh, Rodriguez that we just signed as well. That's going to be ex- that's expensive. If Verlander signs, though, I kind of feel like if it's a one-year deal, because the fact that, A, if he goes, if he goes back to Detroit to Tommy Johns, I feel like that salary caps at 15 mil for yeah. one year. I feel like that's the move. Because I, I feel like I feel like even Carrera and Rodriguez – I think you realize that, A, they're going to be a little more competitive with this young core. And, like, okay, I already make millions of endorsement deals. My wife also makes good money, too, fun fact. But, <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's like you know, at this point in his career, like, is the money worth it? Or is, are you in it more for the money or more for trying to bring the talent to Detroit? So, okay. should, so should Detroit bring by Verlander? Absolutely. If, they, if, it, if both sides wanted to happen, make it happen. I agree. Yeah? Definitely. I think it would be good for Detroit to have him back. And... Or do you think it's too risk, too, the risk is too expensive? If it's a one-year deal, what's the risk? Right. What if it's more than one year? Hey, what, if, what if it's like a two- or three-year deal? I wouldn't mind that, honestly. It's, the, the problem is when you get these big contracts that go five, six, seven, seven eight. eight. Like a Prince Fielder issue. I'll, like, I'll, okay, so I don't know where, like, okay, neck issue pops up. He's done. And then Texas was lost, with, stuck with that contract. When the lower, the lower the contract is, like, okay, if it's a three-year deal, so be it. If it's like a four or five year, no, I'm not. But now I'm concerned because you give them that to a guy who's like thirty. Yeah, that's, that's gonna that's gonna be thirty nine to start a camp. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, and coming off Tommy John, like that's that's gotta think about that too. Mm-hmm. So it's gotta be a really aggressive team that's gonna give him a three year deal. Yeah, and in my opinion, the only, I think the team would be aggressive and don't have to do it would be the Angels. But because here's why I say that. But I wonder where Scherzer's gonna end up too. Yeah, now, the problem was he was, he was having issues with dead arm in the, in the postseason. Yeah. That's why he didn't start to down the stretch for him. Yeah. Because there's no doubt the Dodgers are going to bring back uh, Kershaw. There's no doubt. They're just they're going to they're gonna give him, they're just going to give him the works. You would think, right? Especially with, uh, especially with, uh, especially with Stafford down too, which, by the way, did you know that Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford what the, what, friends yeah. in high school? What the high school played baseball yeah. together. Exactly. Did did you guys know that? Because I, 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 I did. I did. I, I did. I remember seeing it like uh, they covered out like a football game or something like last. Well, year. Well, every time, like, every time the Lions seemed like the Lions played in a prime time game, which was rare, um, they always mentioned like if you know the Lions were playing in California. Oh, look at Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw play together, or, right. or when um, you know Detroit was playing and playing the Cowboys or some. Oh, look, you know they grew up about five or five blocks away. Right. They did it every single game. I'm yeah. just, I was just like enough. We get it. We get it. Okay. Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw, they went to high school together. They went their separate ways at the beginning, and now they're both back in the same city. Exactly. For now. Who knows if Clayton Kershaw will move on. All right. Mitch, what's the question of the week? Question of the week. 
who was the who was a professional athlete who had a very under who who okay, I'm losing my train of thought already. Choo choo. <laughs> so, who is a pro athlete who never got the respect they properly deserve? Did we already do this? No, last week last week it was injuries that slowed someone down. This week, the, 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 this week I'm asking someone who like had a good 15, 15, 20 year career, but never really got the proper respect they did. Mm. I will ramble about mine if you would like. Go ahead. Pistons fans talk about bad boys. You should probably know this one. Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre. Former first overall mm-hmm. This year was a two-time NBA champion, three-time All-Star, college player of the year in DePaul. Did you have his 20 points a game? I thought for sure. I thought for sure you might when you say Detroit Detroit bad boy. I thought for sure you might. Ah, he, he's gonna go the microwave. He's gonna go Vinny. And you know what? Honestly, I think about it because he was my dad's favorite player on those teams. But or Bill. No, but no, Mark Aguirre never gets the respect he deserves. His four hundred one overall pick. Yep. A guy who multiple who averaged thirty points in this almost thirty points in his thirty day NBA. Who consistently averaged twenty points. Seven times in his career. First season, but he got Detroit. It kind of tapered off a bit, but the dude was also a career three twelve shooter from from long range. He shot about forty percent of the floor for his entire career. I mean, this guy was also just a big part of Detroit's playoff pushes too. Like, he's a guy that I think will never get enough credit, especially because I think being an number one overall pick. If, yep. you, if you not, don't put up against legendary Hall of Fame numbers, it's not quite there. But also, the guy who went after him was Isaiah Thomas in that draft. He had a pretty good career, too, until his Achilles snapped. But, uh, but, any, guy, but any guy who can average 20 points in the NBA for his career deserves some recognition. Yeah, so and if, you, yeah if you're also talking about when, I, Isaiah, when Zeke's uh, Achilles, watch that Bad Boys, because he watched that, you know, that fantastic Bad Boys 30 for 30, because... Uh, you know, they said locked into whatever zone he got into, and then he just went on a hair against the Lakers. Yep. Woo! Yep. And we still lost that series. We got him back, though. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. We got we we got, we got we got them Lakers back. Megan, do you hit? Megan, do you Still hit? thinking a little bit. All right, I'll go. <laughs> I will go. I am going to take. It's actually good. I'm actually going to combine two two guys. Because I think they don't; they, these two don't didn't get the uh, respect they deserved. I am representing the brand, as Pat McAfee would say. I represent the brand and acknowledge Eddie Murray and Jason Hansen, two kickers for the Lions. Eddie Murray kicked for the Lions from 1980 to 1991, and then the Lions drafted Jason Hansen in 1992 in the second round. The second round. Okay, when any, anybody takes a kicker in the second round, nowadays, nowadays it's like, this guy better be good. This guy better be hit from like 65, no problem. I've only seen him once do, do flat so bad for Tampa. Oh, yeah. Roberto Aguayo, all 100%. 100%. So taking a, a kid from Washington State in the second round in 1992 shocked a lot of people. And I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna start with Hanson first. Guy kicks 1992 to 2012 with the same Lions team. 0 16 every single 
low that you could probably imagine playing in, the, in, a, prof- in a professional sport, this man's been through. He, he made two Pro Bowls, 1997-1998. Second team All-Pro, 1997. Won a Golden Toe Award, which is a prestigious honor for kickers in 2008. All, all NFC, rookie of the you know, PFWA Offensive Rookie of the Year. Contestus All-American, Washington Sports Hall of Fame, Pride Alliance 2013. He's in the ring of honor there. Holds multiple NFL records. Uh, and he kicked, he had about an 82% field goal percentage. You know, scored 2,150 points. No, it seems like nobody really cares. Because he wore the Honolulu blue and silver. If he kicked for another team, everyone would definitely know who he is. And which means, going back to Eddie Murray, Lions drafted him in 1980 out of Tulane and brought him in as a seventh-round pick because who? Because the number one pick in that draft for the Lions was Billy Sims. Um, so they bring him, so they bring Murray in, they bring Bill, Billy Sims in, they bring Eric Hipple in, and Eddie Murray put up unbelievable seasons before, you know, this obviously way before Hanson, uh, you know, and only guy, only only kicker in NFL history to have back-to-back seasons with a 95% uh, field goal percentage, back-to-back years. There's one kicker who's went perfect the entire season, an entire NFL season. That is Gary Anderson. But, but... Murray did it to he holds that record still. He holds the he also is the only kicker in NFL history as a rookie to win Pro Bowl MVP. There's only two rookies to ever win Pro Bowl MVP, which is Murray and Marshall Falk. So that is so that gets overlooked. And then this guy after, you know, he bounces around, he goes to goes to the Chiefs, goes to the Buccaneers, and then he wins a ring with the Cowboys in ninety three. He gets that he gets that ring and then he you know about you know, play you know plays for Washington ninety five, the Vikings in ninety seven. The guy retires after that season. He's working for the Lions. He does. He's doing play by play, right? And he's doing play by play, or doing you know doing interviews and stuff like that. Cowboys give him a call. They say, "Hey, this guy's not working out. Are you still in shape?" He says, "Yeah." Comes back out of retirement at like forty. Jeez. 42, 43 years old, kicks for the Cowboys that season. He finishes with the Redskins in, in 2000. Guy had an unbelievable career. He had about he has he had about 75 75% field goal percentage. So you look at it from 1980 to 2012, the Lions had uh, two fantastic kickers that no NFL team that no, I don't think any NFL team now or in the future could pull off what the Lions did. And if they would have had Prater, if they would have kept Prater for a little bit longer, they would have had the three of the best kickers ever kicked in the game's history. So those those are my guys. I love those guys. Both of them, both I met both those guys. Fantastic people. Fantastic people. Megan. Chris Osgood. I'm so bad with this direction. Oh, ah, <laughs> it was uh, handed me his phone and it had Chris Osgood, and I literally had it pulled up on uh, my Z, laptop. Uh, and <laughs> he was—he's good. I mean, he won three Stanley Cups with Detroit. 
And he and, also beat the living crap out of Patrick Waugh. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but, and I think he started to fall because he started to get bad towards the end of his career, and people just see that. When we started to be fall out of the playoffs, when we started, everything started to go bad. Like Fell out of contention. Fell out of contention, and it was just, he didn't get the recognition he deserved because he was good when he was younger and in his prime. But, I mean, he, was, he played 744 games and oh, yeah. 401 wins and 216 losses. That, that, that's a good that's, record. That's pretty damn that's good. A great record. <laughs> and he's still in the top ten for career playoff wins and career shutouts. And considering he was spending time a little bit with Vernon in the and mm-hmm. and that stretch. Yeah. Right. And we drafted. We had Jimmy on that team right towards the uh, Aussie's end. Right. Right. Yeah. He was the third string in 08. Yeah. Jimmy was. Yeah. And so it's kind of like what I said with Lions, with Lions and kickers, Lions, or Lions and goalies, Red Wings and goalies. They had Ozzy, and then they had Jimmy. Right. That's like what fifteen years right there. Exactly. Boom. I mean, Detroit knows how to put good people, have good players. It's just we don't we can't win. Exactly, <laughs> and that's what and it sucks, especially on the goalies end because they put their whole effort out there. Well, they lay their entire bodies out. And the line. especially if you lose. One to nothing, like really, you couldn't give me more than another. Like you couldn't give me two goals. I let one in. It happens, and we just can't get him a win. You lose a five to four game. That's something that, else. Yeah, that's something else. Or yeah, I also want to throw in just to help back on Megan's point. That oh eight run, that that does not happen if he steps in after in game five against Nashville. Because that postseason, he finished fourteen of four with a one point five five goals against average and a point nine three zero save percentage. Un. Flipping real. I want to say another word, but you know, <laughs> you know, Fair we got to keep it PG. But PG. So all right, that's so. That's all we got for this week on Sportsman. Like, Mitch, um, is there any any news regarding like what's what the future holds now for on Sportsman? Like, do we do you have do you have anything here? Stay tuned. I think I have a plan I set, but you folks will know next week. You heard it there, and so. It's been it's been such a fun and great honor to host the show um for the for the time that I was here uh I, you know I'm happy to be moving on and sad to be leaving at the same time so um hope you hope uh hope that my takes and all that kind of stuff made some of you made you think really what the hell is he thinking or that's a good or that's a good pick or made you laugh or made you smile. Hope I did something like that. So, something either, you know, major day, something like that as the host. So this show's not going away. I am. This show's not going away. This show will be back next week with a new host that I don't even know about. Um, so um, for, for Megan Youngbud, for my good, my good friend Mitch, and my boss Mitch, <laughs> for bringing me in. Thank you for taking a shot with me with this Um I am your host, Aaron Gamble. Thank you so much for letting me be the host of this great show. And this show will be back next week. Keep your stick on the ice. And as always, keep it fresh.